the Stalk and I podcast, the podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. Season one is focusing on the decision to become a solo mum, all about dating, relationships, and how to make that final decision that solo motherhood is the path for you. Today's guest is Jocelyn, aka Mothering Solo, and I can't wait for you to hear all about her journey. to the Stalk and I podcast. I want to introduce um, today Jocelyn, aka Mothering Solo on Instagram. So thank you, Jocelyn, for agreeing to be a guest on um, this podcast. My pleasure. Um, It's lovely to have you here. I know you've been a guest on quite a few podcasts, so you can check um, Jocelyn's journey out on Big Fat Negative podcast, and I think you've done Fertility podcast with um, Natalie Silverman. But for this one, I want to sort of cover a little bit more the very beginning of the journey. So it would be great if you just want to introduce yourself just in terms of your, your journey and where you're at. And then I'll take you right back to the beginning with some questions. If that's yeah, okay. sure, sure. That's great. Nice to meet you properly, Mel. So I am 40 years old. I'm nearly 41. I am single and I'm currently pregnant. I'm 28 weeks pregnant at the moment um, following fertility treatment to help me have a baby by myself. Um, it's been quite a, a lengthy journey to get to this point, uh, covering probably the last four and a half years, I would say, from when I was sort of beginning to think about all things fertility related. And um, yeah, my pregnancy has ended up being a double donor pregnancy. So I used a male sperm donor and also an egg donor in the end as well. But yeah, looking forward to a a baby coming along soon absolutely I think I was so excited when I saw your announcement on Instagram because I think when you start following people and then particularly because you've had yeah. such a journey and then when you get that positive news you're like yeah you know you're really behind everyone, yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> so nice so nice and, and I think it's really nice to chat to you as well because quite a lot of the solo mum community the people considering are also looking at um, using a double donation so um, I think they often want to speak to someone who's done the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people who've used donor eggs, but quite often if you're in a couple with their partner yeah. sperm. So it is quite a unique situation in some ways. Yes. It, um, as a yeah, I've, I've ticked a lot of boxes on, <laughs> on the fertility front. <laughs> <laughs> <Done> it all. <laughs> so I'm sure there'll be some people who are interested in finding out more about that side of things. But for now... Um, the bit that I'm really interested in, so what I've been looking at more and more is trying to help women who are at that stage where they're thinking, is solo motherhood the route for me? So they've got so many people um, in their 30s and 40s mainly, there's some younger who are dating they are not meeting the person that they thought they might meet and they're thinking am I going to miss out on motherhood if I don't do something should I go down the solo motherhood route is it the right route for me and I think it's super useful for them to hear 
or other people's journey involved to make that decision to just first of all for them to know they're not alone and that actually loads of people have been in that situation and second of all just to help them you know with their decision making process a little bit so mm. if we go sort of like right back to the beginning um what what did you I suppose first of all what did you think was going to happen you know did you have an idea of what you thought would would play out in your life it wasn't this I'll tell you that it wasn't this um I mean yeah I think probably similar to to a lot of women um my expectation through my sort of teens and 20s was that I would meet someone and we would get married and I would have a baby with them and we would have a family and it would be a very sort of traditional um kind of normal experience and that that lots of people have and that that's what I thought would would happen when I pictured my future yeah Um, and what age were you when you thought hmm this is great <laughs> yeah, this is exactly as I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I. So I was in. I was in long-term relationships probably all through my late teens and all through my twenties. Okay. Um, a number of kind of yeah, fairly long-term relationships, one one um one after another. So it was only really when I got to around thirty that I became single. The people that I'd had relationships with in my twenties, I hadn't felt we were right to commit and to, to to get married and so I'd sort of moved on from those relationships and you know found myself single at around 30. Um, and I wasn't really I didn't really have any concerns at that point. Uh, I was single for a few years through my early 30s and wasn't really bothered about it. Still thought there was plenty of time for yeah. this this sort of picture of what I thought was going to happen to play out. And so I guess it wasn't until I was around 35-ish, I think, my mid-30s, that I really started to, to think about it. I spent um, about a year and a half in the middle of my 30s living in New York for work. Amazing. And yeah, it was, it was great. Um, and I remember just before I went to New York, so I was probably 34-ish at that point, thinking about the option of egg freezing as a sort of fertility preservation option Um, and I didn't get around to doing it then I was sent to New York um, spent the next year and a half in New York at the back of my mind I thought oh this is it I'm gonna meet Chad or Brown (laughs) 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 sweep me off my feet Um, that didn't happen so I came back uh, I guess it was the middle of 2015 I came back from New York I was still single and that I think was the point where I sort of thought okay this isn't this isn't playing out how I thought it might and I'm beginning to worry about um, losing my opportunity to to have a a child and during Um, that were you dating during that time so like were you you going on dates? a bit not yeah. not a lot um I've always found for me personally I found dating quite difficult I just find it very awkward and uncomfortable like that meeting new people is is, is quite hard in, in in a dating sense for me and, and the relationships that I've had have always been with people who I've kind of 
met circumstantially yeah. and then know got to know yeah and then it's it's become a relationship after that so and it's so um, much harder now like internet dating is such a big thing because I'm the same all my relationships have grown through yeah. friendships and meeting people through friends and then you go on an internet date and you're like do we like each other yeah, it's like so <laughs> in your face yeah yeah so hard. and then and then you face that decision of well if I know that I need to get to know someone do I invest the time? Do I spend the time getting to know this person, yeah. hoping that in Something I don't know grow. some weeks or months that, yeah. that I go, oh, actually, yeah, they're, they're they're wonderful, or or does there need to be that initial spark and connection? And it's that it's that initial spark, and everyone <laughs> is like, is there that spark? But honestly, I don't think I had that spark on the first meeting with any of my no, no, uh, no, boyfriends, no. one of whom I was with for seven years, you know, yeah. obviously it, it came at exactly. some point. But exactly, yeah, so that's it's hard. so hard, isn't it, yeah. on that first meeting. So, um, and then I, I found just um, the whole kind of chatting to someone and, and getting to know them virtually and then deciding whether or not you mm. meet them in person and then if they like you and you don't like them then you've got to let them down and that's all awkward so I just found the whole thing like quite Cringe. uncomfortable um so so yes I had uh, various dates and a few kind of short relationships but nothing nothing serious through yeah. through those years so then you started to seriously consider okay. yeah so I came back from New York I was 30 whatever 35 36 um and that was when I kind of picked up the thought of egg freezing um and I thought okay this is this is a way for me to sort of preserve my fertility have yeah. that backup plan I'm still going to meet this man and we're going to have a family but just in case yeah. <laughs> just in case I'll, I'll, I'll bank some eggs and so I went to a clinic and had all of the initial fertility tests and was shocked to discover that my fertility was much much lower than I had thought it was going to be thought it was going to be perfectly average lots of women in my family have babies quite late and I just had no concerns about it whatsoever and so that was a big a big shock to kind of go oh actually there's, there, there could be a problem here so I suppose that's a really good le lesson as well isn't it for people listening to think um, if it's something you're considering but you're not really ready to, to sort of go forward with it at least go and have a fertility check um, yeah. go to a clinic and have an MOT because that you know it might help you make more of a decision if something specific comes up from that absolutely um, and I wish that I had had more of a an awareness and an understanding yeah. of what makes up kind of fertility yeah well I mean when I look back I mean I've had lots of fertility treatment now so I kind of You're an expert. Don't know all about it yeah when I look back at um yeah where I was a, a few years ago I knew absolutely nothing and I, about my own biology the way my body worked with the hormones that were important in fertility yeah. like what a measure of fertility was um I knew this nothing Oh, this it, is an absolute no it's an absolute bugbear of mine because um I was exactly the same and then I thought that if I so much as like brushed past a guy in my teens that I'd be pregnant um you know that's kind of what you're told at school you have unprotected sex once and that's it game yeah. over you know you're pregnant oh yeah all of the education is about how how not to, not get, pregnant. to get pregnant exactly they've got to change that balance so that yeah. it's an equal 
um, you know, a balanced view yeah, of, yeah. of how because to get pregnant as well. You're right. And the other side of it is that you just get the sort of scaremongering, oh, as soon as you're 35, your fertility falls yes. off and all over. Yeah. And that's not helpful. No, either. it's like the extreme either way, isn't it? So yeah. they, they definitely, I'm so passionate about mm. trying to no, change the education to be more balanced. Mm. Mm. Um, I really let down actually by by how little I, yeah. I knew about it when, yeah. it when it became apparent that that it was a problem that I hadn't even yeah. considered so what happened so they told you that your fertility wasn't where you would expect for your age mm-hmm. yeah that's right so I had um, very low ovarian reserve a very small number of eggs as far as they could tell um, and they said oh we did kind of expect to see these results in someone about 10 years older than you which is <laughs> encouraging um, and so yes I, it, I became aware that my fertility was was um, not where I thought it was going to be but I yeah. went ahead with the uh, the plan to do egg freezing anyway I did um, a couple of cycles of reasonably successful egg freezing so Mm -hmm. I had kind of some eggs banked um and at that point I was still very much thinking of it as a backup plan for when you met someone to use when I met someone yeah and I remember when you when you go through the process of of egg freezing or IVF but if you're using donor sperm which I was you see a a, you have to have counseling session you um, know this and um, and I remember the counsellor saying to me, okay, you're going to freeze eggs. Have you thought about freezing embryos? Have you thought about using donor sperm mm-hmm. to, um, sorry, at that point I wasn't using donor sperm. I was yes. just doing egg freezing. But yeah, yeah, she said to me, have you thought about using donor sperm to create embryos to freeze those instead of freezing your eggs? Because embryos have a much better survival rate through that yes. freeze-thaw process. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> No, definitely not because because I'm going to meet someone. Because, <laughs> because if I have a baby, I'm going to be with someone, and we're going to use sperm. So yeah. Yeah, no, would I want to do that? Um, yeah. Fast forward two years, and <laughs> I was there browsing <laughs> browsing sperm donors, and yeah. their words were ringing in my <laughs> yeah yeah my ears. Um, so what happened in the so so you at that point you were like no because you still were thinking I'm going to meet yeah. someone. So yeah. then what did you what did you do? No. Well, I think I think really it was it was just the more than anything just the passage of time. time. So, um, so the egg freezing process that I went through it was it took a long time. It was fairly involved, and so I think it was by the time I'd been through a couple of cycles, I was considering a third cycle, but something was something was holding me back. I couldn't quite commit to to doing this third sort of backup round and in the end I think it got to my birthday I think I turned 38 and it was right at that point that it hit me that the the hesitation I was feeling about going for this third round of egg freezing was a hesitation of is this worth it because ultimately I'm, I'm running out of time I know that my fertility is 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 poor I know that it's going to be challenging to to have a baby and it just became really apparent that I didn't really have the time to, to, to wait to meet someone. If I, if I waited to meet someone, I was going to lose the opportunity to, to certainly to, to try for a baby with my own eggs. That just 
it just wasn't going to work. There wasn't the time available. So that was the, the choice that suddenly became very, very clear to me. So, so something that I suppose really helped you make the decision then was the alternative of potentially missing out altogether. Yes, yeah. And of course, by that point, I had a very accurate picture of my fertility. Um, and so that, I think, yeah. accelerated. If, if, I'd, if my fertility had been amazing and the egg freezing had been very positive, I don't think I would have got to that decision at the point that I did. I think I would have relaxed into thinking, yeah, I've still got quite a lot of time and this is okay. And okay, I might have a baby a bit later than I planned, but there's no reason to think that this is going to be difficult. But, but I already was armed with this knowledge of, yeah. oh, okay, this, <laughs> this is quite tricky. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that, that really accelerated it, having that knowledge. And do you, you might, you might not know the answer, but do you know if there was anything specific that you was meaning that you wanted to do this with a partner than on your own, or was it just the expectation that you presumed you would? Yeah, I think it was really the expectation that that I presumed I would and that most other people do and yeah. that the, the people that were my close friends had all done that. They had met partners and, and had babies with them. And so, yeah, I think it was, I think it was that really. And And was there anything specific that was worrying you about doing it on your own? I think it was mostly practical. Mm -hmm. worries logistical practical worries about can I afford it can I manage can I cope I, I wasn't really concerned about what will people think and, and is this a bit controversial and it didn't really bother me um, yeah. I was I wasn't worried about that it was it was very much a can I do this on a practical emotional physical yeah. And I, I always like to look at it. I had the same concern because I was thinking in my mind, doing it without a partner meant doing it on my own. Mm. What I've only realized in hindsight is doing it without a partner means doing it without a partner. And I mean, yeah. obviously, as we're recording, we are in lockdown. So then it's a slightly different <laughs> scenario. But usually, and it doesn't mean you need to be on your own, you can mm. have a brilliant support network around you. So I think some people hesitate on those practical sides because we have in our minds that we would be on our own yeah. hopefully most people wouldn't need to be on their own they would have yeah. you know a good support network around them to help so yeah, um but yeah definitely also something that I was worried about um okay so then uh, over the course of time so how old were you then when you thought okay so it was uh, it was literally the week after my 38th birthday that I decided that I was going to make that decision. I was going to try for a baby by myself. Okay. Um, and then I went through quite quickly. I went through a round of IVF uh, using my own eggs a little bit later that year. That was unsuccessful. I then went on to have um, another cycle the following year. I'd, but my clinic had found some reproductive immune issues that needed treating high killer cells and high cytokines so that sort of delayed everything so it was quite a lengthy process mm. so by the time I'd been through two cycles of IVF it was sort of over a year after I'd made mm. that initial decision and um, yeah both of those um, 
cycles were unsuccessful. I'd produced a very small number of eggs, which was not unexpected. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was kind of coming to the point where it was becoming apparent that, that using my own eggs to, to have a baby was going to be really, really difficult. Yeah. Uh, and the chances of that being successful were very, very small. Mm. So that was when I moved on to making the decision to, to try with a, an egg donor as well yeah. as a sperm donor. Um, and I signed up with an organisation who recruits altruistic egg donors in the UK and was waiting for them to match me to a donor, which happened last spring. And then some more waiting and some more tests and um, all of that. Uh, and then finally, sort of last autumn, uh, the egg donor went through her process of donating amazing. and I had an embryo transfer, which amazingly was um, successful first time, which, which is wonderful. So oh. that's, that's the baby that I'm expecting now. <laughs> so amazing. Such a great positive story. Um, so what was the reaction of your friends and family when you told them that this is um, what you were going to do? Were they surprised or were they sort of in the journey with you? Um, I think they were, I mean, they were very very supportive um whether they were surprised or not I'm not sure they certainly didn't appear to be no. it, it, I think that it, it seemed a very perhaps an obvious thing but they certainly weren't surprised that it was something that I would consider and I know I've um my closest friends know that I've, I've, I've always loved kids I've got lots of yeah. children and I love being around children so it was it certainly wasn't a surprise that I wanted to to experience having my own child yeah. and be a mother and yeah. and I think this yeah this seemed like actually yeah quite quite a quite an obvious route to take once it was suggested so they were very supportive I think um I was I wondered how my parents might react because they're they're in their 70s and this is yeah. certainly um yeah a fairly sort of new Thing to be doing and and to be using IVF to, to have a baby as a single woman is is, is uh, still a relatively uncommon yeah. thing yeah um but uh no they were they were hugely supportive and now they're very excited about being grandparents absolutely I think it's um that's a really interesting point because a lot of women say to me they're really nervous about telling their parents mm. or they're yeah, really nervous about telling some friends yeah. and I would say 97% if not higher of people when they do tell them have received actually a very positive reaction I think some people if it comes out of the blue they don't get an amazing initial reaction because those people are trying to take it in you've been yeah. thinking about it for years and your family are like oh you know it's, it <laughs> might have come out of the blue but the vast majority of people I'm always really pleasantly um surprised are, are super positive yeah. about it which is really mm -hmm. makes it a lot easier if you've got everyone on board with the decision yeah 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 definitely uh, and so then um, I suppose I've got two more questions. So um, the first question is, um, what do you see as the future of sort of dating? And do you see that this is just going to become more and more common? Do you think more people will find themselves not meeting someone and doing it on their own? Have you thought about it? You know, do, do you know what you think might happen in the future on this? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think um, 
Yeah, I think probably more and more women will consider doing this by themselves. And I think probably over time, men will as well, because yeah. there, there are options available to, to do that. Um, it's a less obvious route, but but it's certainly possible. And yeah. um, I think really just the the we're becoming much more used to families being very diverse um families coming in lots of different shapes and sizes with divorced parents or same-sex parents or solo parents it's i think that's very much more common um very much more accepted and i think as that continues people will become more aware of those options and will feel more comfortable in in exploring those options for themselves so yeah i think i think we will and certainly you i know will uh, be aware but the the statistics of the the number of, of solo mums solo parents is is on the rise yeah so i'm sure that that will continue yeah i mean I, I really think it's going to become more and more common um and i think what needs to happen to make it you know really positive is that the, that sense of community needs to come back so i think in mm. in the past there's been more of a community and then we got to a stage where it was quite individualistic in like in much smaller families and what i can see happening is it almost going back a little bit more to how it was in the past with grandparents maybe being a bit more mm. involved or siblings or even just friends and neighbors that live close by and um, and so i think we almost like need to embrace a little bit more to think it doesn't have to be just that one person who's helping you and mm. um, we can embrace the community vibe a bit more is yeah yeah like. I think so and uh, you and I were chatting about this but I think that um a sort of changing perception or perhaps a more realistic perception of what it means to be in a relationship and to find yeah. someone yeah. and is it realistic to to, to sort of hold up this this vision of oh you meet someone you fall in love and it's all <laughs> amazing and and yeah, yeah exactly happily ever after because I don't I, I think whatever your circumstance it isn't that even yeah. people who do have really strong positive relationships it's not a, a, a fairy tale for for anyone and, um, and I think in particularly if you're if you're on the outside of that norm it's so easy to look at that and, and just see the the perfect picture. Yeah. Um, I, I continually have to remind myself that that the grass isn't isn't always greener. Yeah. And yes, I'm doing this by by myself, and it's challenging. But it would be challenging in a different way to do it with with somebody. Uh, and as soon as you talk to someone who's in a relationship, um, you you uncover the fact that. Uh, there's there's resentment sometimes there's conflict sometimes there's there's disagreements there's all sorts of, of challenges and hurdles it's not not by any means a kind of a a, a, a guarantee of <laughs> ease and happiness yeah, to, to be doing it and but, yeah. but we still are told that story and, and that, that's why I think it's so important to change that narrative because so many people have an idea that happily ever after involves meeting a guy, getting married, having a baby. And I'm not saying you can't be happy, you know, if that happens, oh, but you can also be happy with it being a different mm. way. That's not the formula for happiness, if that mm. makes sense. Mm. Just yeah. because you meet a guy is not going to make you <laughs> happy. Um, so, yeah, I think it's super important to change that narrative. And interestingly, I I did a poll on Instagram about where the people felt they'd be happier if they had a partner 
and um, it hasn't finished yet actually but but it, it was going um, towards the 50-50 some people mm. but slightly more people saying no they didn't think you needed a partner to make you happy and um, my belief on it is you need to be happy with yourself and then if you find a partner you can also mm. be happy if you're not happy within yourself I don't think you'll be happy with a partner either mm. because mm. You know, someone else shouldn't it's not usually possible for someone else to make you happy if you're not happy yourself yeah I think that's really true so but very fascinating subject and I think really important for people to remember because I think a lot of women who are trying to make this decision are holding on to that fantasy mm. that it would be way better to do it with a partner and i saw a brilliant quote that i loved saying just because it would just because it could have been different doesn't mean it would have been better mm. and i thought that's so true it doesn't mm. mean but sometimes we fantasize that it would oh yeah yeah definitely and 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 it, it is hard to let go of that um yeah. i think we are so conditioned in, into that way of thinking that, that that doesn't help but but even now even being on this path expecting this baby i still find myself um envying the couple that's doing yeah. up the nursery together and <laughs> choosing the pram together and all that kind of thing like, yeah. it's it's not that that suddenly disappears when no. you make the decision but but ultimately i yeah i'm 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 comfortable and confident and excited about this, yeah. this this path that has opened up for me and, and hugely grateful that that it was an option and and yeah. that it and 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 I think what's really great is to find the balance as well because there are people I look at and think oh that would be amazing but there's also things I can do on my own where I think people in a partnership look in and think oh she's so lucky to be able to do that yeah. so um there's like pros and cons isn't there and it's it's important to remember that that it's yeah. not just it would be better with someone else it's, yes it's pros yeah, and cons <laughs> okay so finally I want to ask you if um what advice would you give somebody who is thinking should I do this or should I hold out and try um to meet someone have you got any advice that you could give Ooh, them? um oh that's really tough because it's it's everyone finds themselves in 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 different circumstances and, yeah. and with different thoughts about it but I think um a bit like we were saying earlier, I think something that helped me make the decision was being armed with the knowledge of True. my own fertility status, if, if, if for want of a better word. And, um, and I think we usually don't have any of that information. We aren't very well educated about our own fertility and um, how easy or otherwise it might be for us to have a baby. So I think, um, yeah, for me that um it wasn't very positive news that i had from exploring my fertility but ultimately it really helped arm me with the information that i needed in order to make the decision yeah. uh, and so i would say the if, if it's something that you're considering the sooner you can get that picture of okay well how easy or otherwise might it be for me to, to have a baby either with someone or without or in a few years and to, 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 to give yourself that information, it's very easy nowadays to, to get those sort of tests done um, yeah. and to give yourself a sort of picture of your, your fertility. And then, and then at least you, you, you know a bit more about where you, where you stand. Um, and with that information, you might then feel, okay, I can, I can afford to wait a bit. I'm comfortable with that. 
or actually, no, I, I do really need to get on with that. I think it just helps crystallize your, your thinking and, and, and give you that, that bigger picture, that more information to help. So I definitely recommend looking at that side of things. I think it's hard to, to make the decision without yeah fully agree fully i think that's great advice and it's something really practical people can do as yeah. well they can take a step and of action exactly <laughs> take it off the list exactly. <laughs> i love that yeah. Yeah, yeah great oh well it was so lovely to chat to you. i think it'll be so helpful for people who are who are considering and in the same boat oh, so, I hope so um if you'd like to follow uh, jocelyn's journey then head over to mothering solo on instagram and i can't wait to see in a couple of months the new arrival thanks no yeah no I'm very happy to to talk to anyone um about what I've been through and and to help if I can so great yeah fantastic thank you so much for your time Uh, my pleasure Mel it was so lovely to speak to Jocelyn if you've enjoyed this episode please do leave a review and for more information head over to the Stork and I website www.thestalkandi.com for more information. Thanks for listening and see you next week.